It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm Josh Gessman coming to you on a wonderful Monday, April 20th. Uh, we're back in quarantine houses here. We have a great show for you set up today. Uh, Kevin and I are going to talk a whole bunch of stuff about uh, the league being delayed a little bit here, uh, which is not a surprise. Uh, also possibly playing into February and then some uh, some interesting takes on uh, Joel Pedro and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, which is all the rage right now. And as mentioned before, to help me do all that, the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Hey, Kevin, how's it going, buddy? The league's been delayed. I hadn't. Why hadn't I heard about that? <laughs> I was, was going to say something. Didn't you write an article about it in the LA Times? Was that you? I or thought was it somebody I saw something else? about it. How can we possibly be having this show? We haven't had a game since March. What was it? March 7th? It's last game? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I, I don't even remember. It just feels like it's been about a year since I've watched uh, live sports and live soccer. And uh, as I said last night on on Twitter, with, with no sort of uh, any sort of, uh, you know, hyperbole or anything else, I said, hey, everybody. I miss soccer. I, I just it's just this feeling inside. I just miss it. And it's obviously a, a huge part of what I do on a daily basis, Kevin. It's a huge part of what you do on a daily basis. Uh, it just feels like there's this hole in my heart right now that that is not being completed by watching uh, live soccer. And, and I miss that. I don't know how you sort of feel about it as well. Well, I watched two World Cup games from Russia the other night, obviously <laughs> delayed, tape delay, games that right. I covered. I was at the game. I saw, I knew what was going to happen. And I was sitting there going, oh, watch, watch this. This guy's going to score right here. So it took a lot of the drama away from it. But yeah, I'm kind of in the same position you are. But, you know, speaking of the Galaxy, this is the first time I think they've gone three weeks into April without a win. Ever. Yeah, I was going to say it's a it's a it's a long, long time uh, whenever you look at uh, at what has actually happened. Just two games being played. I mean, there's only been two games played. Um, the season had just started. Everything had just ramped up, Kevin. And then just, you know, hours before uh, the Galaxy head off to Miami, it all it all sort of grinds to a halt. And and obviously we know where we're at. And, you know, we had Alexia Lawless on Thursday, and he was absolutely right. Kevin, right now, there's more important things than soccer. There's more important things than, you know, any sports going on. But it's okay to miss it. Um, and I think we're all looking for a chance to sort of get back to that at some point, even if, by the way, even if that means closed doors for me, uh, yeah. I'm fine with watching closed doors game at, at, at this point. Uh, we know the Bundesliga is getting ready to fire back up. Uh, seems like they're actually going back into training. So now everybody's just going to sort of stare and watch and sort of see how that goes. Um, but I believe there's a lot of skepticism, uh, within the players and we're going to talk about that. And, and certainly I think there's some skepticism, skepticism within the teams, um, that the, that MLS can even have any type of season here in 2020 which we've documented multiple times now on the podcast and I don't mean to be Debbie Downer every time we do a show twice a week but you know this is the reality that we're in and we're certainly going to talk about it to see you know what can sort of be shaken from this tree Kevin what drops to the ground what can we eat what can we sort of make you know use of um, and so everybody's throwing a whole bunch of different ideas in there so let's talk first um about the league being delayed, uh, the the release came out. We recorded on Thursday night, so of course on Friday morning, uh, you know, it, it sort of comes out. But the league delays basically until June 8th um, at the earliest. Uh, it was announced on Friday, um, and even June 8th right now, Kevin, in my mind, seems optimistic. 
Well, and, and remember the training moratorium uh, is supposed to be lifted this Saturday. That'll be extended. Right now, the date is uh, through the uh, you know midnight of April 24th, so that'll be lifted. But yeah, June June 8th seems like it's really really premature as well. The, the problem is nobody has an idea how this thing is going to unfold, and I don't know whether there's some legal thing, there's something in the contract with the players where they have to have a date. You know, they can't ramp up in two weeks unless there's a date out there. Uh, the fact that people keep throwing dates out there, and it's not just MLS, other leagues are doing it too, makes me think that there's some uh, theory behind it. But I would just prefer if they came back, and I think the players would too, if they came back and said, look, we'll get back to you when we have a date. Players are sitting there. They're thinking, okay, I got to be ready June 8th. And now, you know, in a couple of weeks, they'll come out and say, no, no, actually, it's July 8th. So I, I think the better thing would be just to, to say, we'll get back to you when we have a date. But what you and Alexi said about, yeah, there are more important things. And there are. Sports is not the most important thing. But it does fill a need when, when uh, you know, society is suffering as they are. People are, are losing loved ones. They can't go to work. You know, they're having economic problems and stuff. Turning on a ball game and just losing yourself in, in a game, whether it's soccer or football, whatever it is, baseball, I mean, that's helpful. That's why after 9-11, if you remember the first game back, Mike Piazza hitting that home run to beat the Mets or beat the, the Braves for the Mets at Shea Stadium, people cried at a ball game that didn't mean anything. It was just right. the release of we're back to normal. And I think that's the one thing you're missing with sports uh, is that sense of normal. So you can turn on the TV and watch a game or watch SportsCenter and feel like everything's going to be okay. And we don't even have that release now. So you're right. Sports is not important, but it is important. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And and so that's sort of where we sit. But uh, this delay, not a surprise. You know, I'm, I'm sort of with you on, you know, just say, you know, we're TBD. Everybody just sit quiet and, and we're going to figure this out. Whenever we have what we think is a good plan, we're going to release it. Um, I also think that in that particular case, because things change so rapidly and because things are not necessarily concrete, that there becomes a vacuum of information as well. And so you want to fill that vacuum, even if it's with, you know, sort of temporary, hey, it's June 8th now. Um, so everybody and by the way, nobody is sitting here right now and nobody saw that announcement and said, yeah, you're going to be playing on June 8th, which, you know, is sort of I, I don't know if that's a PR mistake or maybe it's PR understanding that people know that everything's sort of up in the air and that you're not going to be able to do it. So MLS coming out and extending training moratoriums or, you know, saying June 8th or however this goes, you know, they can go ahead and say that and, and understand it. But I mean, the league is under financial hardship right now. And so trying to, uh, I guess guide expectations in a certain way isn't isn't exactly you know surprising and i think that in some ways it's it's a little comforting to at least know that there's a date that you can put out there kevin that says okay june 8th, we're gonna try our best to make this happen and when it doesn't happen we know but we're still trying to sort of make this happen and the whole problem with you know this pandemic is that you really can't try to do anything you sort of have to just watch numbers and watch you know science and science is moving at as fast as I think we've ever seen it. Certainly, I think most of us in in studying, in in watching this stuff, we normally don't watch science move, Kevin. We're not one of these people, you know, some a big announcement comes out. Oh, look, we found a planet. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's cool. You know, you didn't realize that it took them, you know, seven years and all this time to, to find that planet and that you get there. So we don't aren't usually in the in the process of watching science go. But right now we're watching science go. And so everybody's sort of sitting there waiting for that. And that's what that's almost becoming a sport in itself is just watching how this stuff develops. But the fact is, the science currently is not in place to allow any of these things really to happen. And so we have to wait for that to happen. And that's, I, I think, the biggest sort of question mark that we have. And you talked to Dennis, and we talked about you talking to Dennis on last week's show. 
uh, talking about the quicker testing and talking about, you know, just the availability of testing and what the steps need to have in that that roadmap to uh, getting back to play. And what we're seeing right now is that none of that roadmap really seems like it's in place, even for June 8th. And so that's what sort of leads us, I think, to be pessimistic. And um, I think it leads some other people to be pessimistic as well. Well, I, I don't think you've done the promos yet, but I understand that you're going to have Dr. Anthony Fauci on your show Thursday to sort of talk through some of this stuff and explain exactly what's going to happen. So I'm going to be really interested to hear that show. But when you think back about where we were and where we are now, you're right. It's it's moved so fast, both scientifically and on the sports side. Remember, baseball delayed its opening day till March 26th. That was the delayed date. Uh, MLS said we we're going to take a month break, and then that turned into two months. And now we're talking at least three months, and we know that it'll be longer. Um, so there really is no no target out there. And as Dennis talked about, and we've talked about this show a lot, remember, MLS is 26 teams. They're based in 17 states, the District of Columbia, and three Canadian provinces. And the league cannot open until all of those states are open. And we see situations now. I, I personally think that California's handled it pretty well. And, and our numbers are high, but they could have been much higher when you look at New York and some other places. So California has put some things in place that seem to be working. Now we know that Georgia and, and Florida now have reopened a lot of things. Georgia's going to op- reopen bowling alleys and massage parlors and, and uh, uh, you know fitness clubs and tattoo parlors. They're going to open those this week. Florida's reopened its beaches. What does that mean? Well, if there is a second wave, which is what the medical experts, and I'm sure Dr. Fauci will talk about this on your show Thursday, the metal, yes. medical experts are saying that will lead to a second wave. So that means for all the great stuff California and its three MLS teams did, we got to sit back and wait for Florida and Georgia and Atlanta United to get their stuff together. So that's why we can't set a date because we don't know how these things are going to progress. And we may be, uh, you know, who knows, on June 7th, the, the whistle may be ready to blow. And then all of a sudden there's a, a an outbreak in Boston. And now all of a sudden we have to shut down the league. Why? Because you can't play. Uh, 25 teams can't be uh, following one protocol and the 26th team following something else. So everybody has to be equal. And that's why there's the, there's this delay. And and you're right, there's a vacuum. And, and Rory Smith wrote about that in the New York Times this weekend of talking about the European leagues, that some of the leagues like La Liga and the Bundesliga have talked a lot. The Premier League hasn't. And that's led to a vacuum where people begin to speculate. And you're seeing that with MLS. You know, um, Steve Goff in the Washington Post had a very interesting story the other day where he he talked to people, sources who said, Right now, one of the possibilities being discussed is playing MLS Cup at a neutral site in February. Well, MLS hasn't said that yet. I'm going to take Steve Goff's word because I know him personally. He's a great reporter. So I'm going to believe that this is at least being talked about. But then what does that do for the 2021 season? I mean, there's just so much to this that we just don't know. Yeah, yeah, there is. By the way, uh, let's let's clear up any uh, uh, Fauci uh, probably not going to be on Thursday. I'm just uh, by the way, I, I, it's hysterical that you even mentioned that because today I actually entertained that thought for like a minute. I was like, I wonder if I reach out, if I could get him on the show. I doubt it. It doesn't make any sense unless the dude's bored for some reason. And he seems like he's not a bored guy. It seems like he's kind of busy right now, but he's been going on uh, sports shows and he's been doing this stuff. And, you know, he talked about uh, Major League Baseball. He was on the Yes Network, uh, I think today or it was uh, yesterday or some point. Um, but he was on uh, on the Yes Network, uh, the Yankee Entertainment Sports, I think is the Yes. I think that's how it goes. I can't remember exactly. But yeah. anyway, he was there and he was talking about the baseball. He was talking about baseball and he goes, listen, he goes, I'm not a baseball expert. He goes, but I'm telling you right now, he goes, that you know, baseball as we know it, with fans in the stadium, 
isn't happening anytime soon. He goes, that's that science doesn't support that. Um, that's not going to happen. And I think you have to take that and look at, okay, so what does that mean for major league soccer as well? And, you know, you talk about extending all the way into February and by the way, there's extending the season, Kevin, and then there's extending the season into February, which is like this monumental giant shit. You remember the league kicked off this year for the very first time on February 29th on leap day. Right. Um, and they did that this year. It was the earliest start they ever had. And now you're talking about, you know, possibly playing an MLS cup and ending in, uh, in February. All, all I listen, I believe that every option is on the table right now, Kevin, including shifting a, uh, you know, a schedule around to be more European centric. I would, if you go back and listen a couple weeks ago, I told you that I think I told you or whoever I was talking to on the podcast, that's ridiculous. It's not going to happen. Blah, blah, blah. I, I believe that there is, there could be more, um, momentum behind that now than there has been certainly from hearing different people report different things. But, but, but February but, is me, a, is a giant leap. Yeah. When you talk about the schedule, let me break in and say, when you talk about the schedule, a couple of things, first of all, everyone's coming up with these solutions, but every solution leads to a problem. So let's talk about, so the season's extended through February. Okay, great. Players are going to need a couple of months off. It may, it's probably contractual in the budget in, in, in the, uh, uh, collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, I know the European leagues have that where everybody needs a month off, not two weeks here and two weeks there, a month off. So let's just say there's something similar to that. So it's a month off, then you have training camp. Okay, season opens in April or May in 2021. That means you don't finish the 2021 season on time. Maybe you you shorten the postseason a little bit. But what I'm getting to is the one place in 25 years where MLS was finally going to have an advantage with with their schedule was the Qatar World Cup, which was going to start at the end of the MLS season. MLS players presumably would be a little tired, but certainly in game fitness. And, and MLS was not going to miss any games to the World Cup for the first time ever. Well, now they're going to give, if they do this, if they push this back, and then the 2021 and 2022 seasons get pushed back, MLS gives up that one time that it had the advantage. That's one issue. So you say, okay, well, let's just collapse the schedule. Let's play three games in a week. That's doable. Very difficult with travel, which is what Dennis DeClosa pointed out, that this is a continent-sized country, and it's not England. So you can play three games a week, but the travel is there. The fatigue is there. Are you going to ex- expand rosters? You can't do that with the roster size that we have now. So what does that do? Does that bring more players in? Does that lessen the quality of play? So all these solutions are great, and they're all workable, and we can get through 34 games, 32 games that need to be played, but it lessens the product. It, it, it extends the season. It does a whole lot of other ancillary things that maybe we hadn't considered. Yeah, it's interesting, Um, you know, playing into February, you know, is there winter break involved in that? Everybody's always talked about that you can't play uh, through the winter in North America, mostly because there are the northern teams that will have weather that is not conducive to to playing soccer. So, I mean, there's so many things fall into these different categories of trying to do it. Now, um, we already know that uh, Major League Soccer has announced and come out and basically said that, you know, some of their uh, top executives, uh, you know, you had um, Don Garber and you had Mark Abbott um, and Gary. Gary Stevenson, um, you know, you're looking at the commissioners here and 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 the different uh, the different officers here are reducing their salary by 25 percent. We also know that other league employees saw their salaries reduced by 10 to 20 percent. We know RSL, uh, Real Salt Lake furloughed a whole bunch of uh, I think furloughed all of their their non game day personnel, I think is how you would mention it. Basically, the, the players and the coaches are still on 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 there, but you, you everybody in the front office for the most part has been furloughed um, on that side. Um, you know, it 
it seems likely that you're going to have other furloughs across. So there's some real financial hardship and, and quite honestly, you know, some financial planning going on for these MLS clubs uh, to be able to maintain themselves through some of this time. Now, uh, having said all of that, uh, it seems likely, Kevin, that if if and it seems more and more likely every day, there is not a full 34 game season that there's going to have to be some concessions. And by the way, even Kevin, let's say you get 34 games, but you can't play in front of people. Uh, so there's no stadiums. It's all closed doors. Um, it's all just, you know, uh, 11 players versus 11 players and just the people enough to man the camera so that way we can watch it on TV. Um, if that happens uh, in, in those closed doors, uh, you're probably also going to be looking at something like this. But the players um, and a page, apparently Major League Soccer are entering into some negotiations, uh, the union uh, and Major League Soccer about reduction in, in salary uh, for this. I, I know you wrote a little bit about your article. You probably know a little bit better than me. Well, the the plan being discussed would would cut salaries by up to 50%. Now, this is all contingent on how many games are not played. If they play 34 games, even in a closed-door setting, uh, presumably salaries would not be cut. If they play uh, half the games in, with, in, with fans in attendance, half the games without, there's a whole formula to it. But bottom line, the most draconian cuts would be 50% for the top players. That would be uh, uh, Carlos Vela, Chicharito, they would they they both make six million plus. They would have their salaries cut by fifty percent. Players making less than a hundred thousand would not have their salaries cut at all. They would make their full contractually obligated salary. Players cannot have their salary cut to go below a hundred thousand. So if a guy's making a hundred one thousand, his salary will not be cut because, you know, it'd be hard to cut it to get it below a hundred thousand. You can't, you know, what do you do? A dollar cut it a dollar. So guys who are under 100,000 are right on the border. They're not going to be affected. The higher range players would be. And then there's a sliding scale. So if you're making 400,000, your salary might be cut a little bit, but it won't be cut 50%. If they go to the most draconian side of that, the the theory is that it will save MLS $150 million in salary. And apparently their wage bill is somewhere north of $315 million. So more than half, they would say more than half in salaries. That's, again, if no games are played at all anywhere. Um, so we're probably not going to see that. Uh, but the, the other part of this that's interesting is everyone keeps talking about these closed-door games. And I understand that makes some sense. And it definitely makes sense in Europe when you're talking about, you know, broadcast deals in the billions of dollars. MLS's broadcast deal for this season is $90 million. So that's what they're trying to save. But I think with MLS... Uh, it's it's a much grittier league when you look at the finances. I think they lose a lot with ticket sales and concessions. And let's not forget concessions, parking, all those things. Yes, if you play in front of an empty house, you don't have to hire uh, parking attendants. You don't have to hire concessionaires. You don't have to hire ushers. But I, I think that revenue makes up a huge percentage of, of yeah. You know, what MLS makes every year. It's not like the Bundesliga where they can have a game and get $900 million in, in broadcasting rights and they're okay. Uh, I, I think empty stadiums are really going to hurt MLS a lot more than they'd hurt other leagues. Yeah, I remember Lexi Lawless was saying, hey, because I, I brought up the point. I go, you know, it's kind of fun that you get to hear everything on the field in, in these closed-door scrimmages. You and I have stood by the side of the field for pregame scrimmages and stuff like that, and you get to hear the players yelling at you, and the, the language that they use is definitely not PG or PG-13 friendly, um, and that's kind of fun, and you do it. And as Lexi pointed out, that would probably get old real quick, uh, and I probably agree. It probably does get old real quick, but, you know, it's soccer, and it's something. I always wonder, though, Kevin, you know, and you'd have to, you know, as an, as an owner or 
as Major League Soccer, you have to sit there and say, okay, it costs me this much to play in a closed door scrimmage. And if we pay, play all the games, that means, you know, Chicharito gets his all $6 million. I mean, there's a real sort of, you know, cost benefit analysis that you can go on here of whether or not it makes sense to play these games behind closed doors or you just cancel the season altogether. One of the reasons that canceling the season altogether isn't like the, the worst thing in the world is this was supposed to be MLS's star 25th season, Kevin. I mean, you're celebrating a, a milestone, a quarter of a century, um, you know, that a league has been existing here in the United States and it's, you know, successful. I mean, it, it's very successful. All the other predecessors that had gone, uh, you know, the way of bankruptcy and falling apart and liquidation and anything else that sort of happened, this Major League Soccer has made it. And you saw how they rolled out the season, Kevin. You know, it was, it was they're spending a bunch of money. It was flair. It was pizzazz. It was everything. And now you're getting a 25th anniversary season that is uh, less than perfect at the absolute best. Um, so maybe you don't have a 25th season this year. And maybe it makes sense financially for them not to play any games and to take the reduction in players' salaries and just to wait to see how this plays out. And hopefully by next year, you know, by December and January, um, that things are in place that allow them to just spin up as normal and to play games as normal. I don't know how that affects players, and certainly you'd have to go back and look at that, but it's a it's not a ridiculous thing to sort of, you know, start talking about that just canceling the season may be the best course of action when you all look at this, and it may be the most cost benefit to major league soccer uh well, in the long term well i you know i talked to tyler adams in a conference call tyler adams plays in 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 the bundesliga now and he's a u.s national team player and i asked him players talk in all sports lebron james was one of the first that came out and said playing in front of an empty stadium is just that's not what we do we play for this for the fans it's a totally different atmosphere i asked tyler adams whether he, you know, the Bundesliga will start up playing in May, apparently, in empty stadiums. I asked him about that, and he said, hey, I've played in empty stadiums before. I was in USL, uh, which was mm -hmm. sort of a, a tongue-in-cheek right. joke. But the players do not like this. The players are not in favor of this. They're in favor of their salaries. They're in favor of going forward and playing. But, man, the atmosphere is just going to be totally different. Just imagine Robbie Keane scoring a goal and then doing his, his somersault, his backflip, uh, and no one's and, cheering. Are, and his crickets, someone, yeah. Yeah, if someone pulling the, the shirt up to, because there's a message on it and there's no one there to cheer, it's going to, I mean, what's a, could you mention Zalatan in an empty stadium? I mean, oh, my God, that, <laughs> that takes away 99% of his game. But but talking about whether or not there'll, there'll be a season, and again, we're not mentioning some of the concrete plans that we've heard. We're not going over all the details because we don't know if these are the plans that are actually being considered. Everything's being talked about. But you spoke to a couple of players who we can't name who told you that their feeling is there won't be a season. These are players who are being asked to prepare and they're saying they don't think there'll be a season. It comes down to, and I don't think the players have any sort of insight. Let's let's put it that way. I don't think, I think they're kind of in the dark in a lot of ways that we are. Obviously, they get more information and they get updated uh, more often. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the big question was, okay, so how do you, so you want to play games and closed doors. Cool. Let's figure out how you do that. Okay. So what you're going to travel. And if you're going to travel, are you going to travel on charter jets? Because you don't want to fly on, uh, you know, commercial jets. Although, you know, at the same time, there's an argument now that they may be safer and cleaner than they ever have been. But at the same time, you don't want to fly on commercial jets. So you're going to fly on chartered flights. So now you're talking about a serious increase in, in, uh, in money, uh, for the league to pay that. So, you know, that's, that's going to cost them more money. And so now you're going to play in a closed door. And Kevin, as you said, major league soccer 
relies so heavily on the gate, on the revenue that comes through the gate for players, uh, for fans who are inside of that. Does that make any financial sense? So you're increasing the cost of travel. You're decreasing any amount of money that you would get from the gate there. Uh, you know, the TV money, as you stated, is not that great. So, I mean, the players are doing the same thing that we're doing. We're looking all that, but they're like, okay, and how are they going to test us? Are they going to test us what? Once a day? Um, you know, are they get, how, how is that going to be? Because if one player gets, uh, gets sick, uh, with COVID-19, uh, that team is now quarantined. I mean, for the most part, you've been around your, your teammates and you've been doing all that. So you've been quarantined, Kevin, and now that team can't play its games. So you have 26, and, all, and now the, you have 25 teams. But the teams that played in the last two weeks, because we know that this thing could live uh, for 14 days. So now the teams you played in the last two weeks, if you're playing three games a week, that's five or that's six, six teams. Yeah, the teams five or six. they played, the teams they played. So let's go back and do the math, because I think you said something really interesting. Or it got me thinking. So if the salary cut, if it's true, it, it could, if they play no games at all, that if they come to the agreement with the players union, and we don't know that yet, they're just talking. Okay, all of right. this, again, is speculative. But let's just go with the figures that have been thrown out there. It was a, a great uh, article uh, from Jeff Carlisle, who's a very, very good reporter from ESPN. Um, we love Jeff, by the way. Jeff is a friend of the show. He's been on it many times. So, yes, continue. So he, his figure was about $150 million. I think that sounds a little high, but let's just go with that because it's out there. So let's say MLS saves $150 million. They save half of their – almost more than half of their payroll. So they're they're on the hook for, you know, I don't know, another – just say another $150 million to make the math easier. And then they lose $90 million, uh in TV, okay? So that's, what, $240 million. If they have to fly charter jets everywhere, if they can't – play all the games anyways if they take the risk uh, you know and they have to go to hotels and quarantine the hotels are they playing the season just to play the season sure they lose uh, so they lose 100 or 240 million 220 million but wouldn't they lose a lot more if they tried to play the season because then they'd have to pay those salaries and they wouldn't yep. get any gate i don't know I, I mean, that's the, literally, I, I, you know, it starts making me want to get out the uh, spreadsheets and start doing If I had a concrete numbers, you could start to do those, you know, cost benefit analysis is how much is it going to cost and what benefit do we gain from it? Um, do you need to have a 25th anniversary season now? Can you do 25th anniversary season next year when you can have, you know, hopefully uh, fans in the stands and you can do it the right way? Um, so all of these things are there, but I mean, you know, from the player's perspective, and I can understand this is there, you know, what about our safety? What about the travel? What about the testing? I mean, these are all questions that have no answers right now. And so you said you're going to do John eight or June 8th. Um, okay, cool. Then you have to have answers to all of these. And Dennis DeCloso laid it out as well. I mean, this isn't anything that you and I haven't done, by the way, we're hoping to get, uh, Dennis on in the next couple of weeks. Um, and so we can talk to him. Yeah, yeah well, of course. We'll talk about the same show. Well, Dennis yeah, talked about testing. We none of this makes any. And this is what you hear on TV every night. Well, unless maybe you watch Fox News, but um, I'm not going to get political. But testing, you, none of this makes any sense. Dennis said you cannot have fans in the stands under normal circumstances uh, until there's testing, and we don't know when that's going to come. So, if testing is not going to let fans in stadiums, presumably it's not going to allow players on planes, and it's not going to allow games to go forward. So, it, it, it's back. Just if opening your favorite pub or your favorite restaurant, or your favorite movie theater, it all hinges on testing. Same with MLS. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. All right, uh, I know Kevin, you're on a time crunch, so let's get to our our last uh, topic that I wanted to touch on. Um, and Joel Pedro uh, had a uh, this is you know in in a crazy world this would be you know crazy fun things to talk about. Um, it, this this world has gone too crazy, so this isn't as much fun. But uh, one of Portugal's biggest newspapers, Kevin, biggest newspapers, did a story on Joel Pedro, and I they have I, nothing the way, to cover either. They have nothing to cover either. That's the only only say. explanation. 
I was going to say, uh, the hammer, by the way, pointed this out to me uh, very early. Obviously, the Portuguese hammer, big on Portugal and uh, and following that stuff. He goes, you got to see this. So, um, listen, I know a bunch of people have been out there and they have seen the quotes from this. I know Gold.com did an article. And listen, uh, Gold did what they do, which is pull the juiciest piece and sort of write it as a hit piece and do all that. Now, if you get a chance, go and find the Joao Pedro article um, you know, in Portuguese and translate it and read it as best you can. Um, and you get to know a little bit more. And there's some better points to this and i think we can cover those real quick um well, but you know you have, pa- eric, have eric do a dramatic reading yeah i was I gonna say i should um Jesus. i'm pretty sure he has to get it translated too by the way here i don't think eric is uh, is is special talk um, about the one thing though before you get deep into the controversy talk about what jovan told told him yeah yeah, so that's what that's why why obviously reading the uh, the full article in Portuguese is important. Uh, Pedro says that Jovan Karofsky recruited him, um, and that he was told whenever he wanted to be brought to the LA Galaxy that he was coming in to replace Steven Gerrard. Gerrard is out. Joao Pedro, you're coming in. You're going to be the next Steven Gerrard on this team, and we can't wait to have you. So that was the argument they made to get Joao Pedro uh, to the LA Galaxy. So you know what my point in that is. Everyone knows the 2017 season was a disaster, but. Oh my God! How far did the did get? Remember, the Galaxy had played in the Western Conference Finals the year before. How right. far did they drop their expectations when they said, "Hey, Jao Pedro, unproven twenty-year-old, uh, we're going to bring you in to replace one of the greatest players in the history of the English national team, the former captain of Liverpool in the English national team. You're the replacement." How far had their expectations dropped for that season? Because I mean, th- I think universally we thought that Jao Pedro would be a good player. We didn't never compared him to Steven Gerrard. But the Galaxy were to, to bring him in. Oh, my God. To, 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 to be fair, Kevin, uh, Joel Pedro played about as well as Steven Gerrard did for the L.A. Galaxy, well, yeah, uh, which, is, yeah, which, is, but, <laughs> which is not fair for either. I'm talking about one. expectations more than, than actual proof on the field. But yes, yes, he did. No, no, it, it is. So anyway, so that was the first sort of thing. Uh, Pedro says, uh, Joel Pedro went in and said, you know, that Ibrahimovic obviously was ripping the team. And we've heard multiple reports. This is not a surprise, but uh, Ibrahimovic ripping into the team. Um, but whenever he used to yell at the team, whenever he used to yell at the players, Joel Pedro himself said it. It actually, you know, motivated me. It actually made me want to be better. Um, we always talk about this, Kevin, is some players react to that. Some players don't. Some players shut down. Some players answer the bell. Uh, to be honest, I think you can be successful either way. You don't want to be bullied at work. And, you know, some people are just like, yeah, if you're going to yell at me, I'm, I want to be better. So, you know, there's always different ways to manage people and you just have to figure out the best way to do it. The the big one that is being sort of uh, put into this uh, entire uh, argument here is that Joao Pedro uh, quoted uh, Ibrahimovic as saying that he bragged about having $300 million in the, uh, in, the ba- in his bank account and a private island. Uh, and basically he made that brag while he was threatening any player who spoke a word and so he basically it went something like this which was i have 300 million dollars and a private island and i and i will kill the next person who talks basically like i can get away with this scot-free i can go live on my private island i have 300 million dollars all those things are sort of things that uh you could look at and and you know listen that sounds like something zlatan ibrahimovic would say uh after a a a difficult uh, uh after a difficult game and and every day is his birthday apparently yeah, I was going to say, and every so there was the other story that was told was during a scrimmage, Joao Pedro was ready to kick off in this scrimmage, uh, and he and, and somebody said, "Oh, we'll let Joao do it because it's his birthday." And uh, Ibrahimovic took the ball and he says, "It's always Ibra's birthday 
and he took the ball and kicked off and laughed. I thought that was, you know, again, that the, none of this should surprise anybody. No. And I certainly don't see this as a as a hit piece by Joel Pedro. He's just he's just telling you how it was and that, you know, in most ways, this probably motivated him. Uh, now, Kevin, of course, I did reach out to see if any of this was true. And I got some confirmations that this seems like it was all a uh, standard sort of issue for Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, whenever he was with the L.A. Galaxy. So uh, it is what it is. And uh, and that is. But I just thought it was fun and sort of interesting to uh, to follow there. But, but you know, I, some of the players that have punched back about Ibra being a little bit difficult to deal with. So Jao Pedro tells the story and he gets motivated. And that's great. And I'm sure a lot of other players did as well. And I remember when Ibra first came in, everyone was just, no one said a bad word about him. They just wanted to play with him. But can you imagine, you're an MLS player, you know, you're a guy making $70,000 a year. And and after and you played 90 minutes and after a tough loss, Ibra gets up and says, I have $3 million in an island. Yeah, yeah, well, three hundred million. Me, nope. Yeah, I think that would rub me the wrong way, personally. <laughs> I mean, like, it depends, great. you know. How about a loan, buddy? You know, I'm making seventy thousand <laughs> yeah, over here. I was going to say, Kevin and I tried to do this uh, this podcast from uh, from uh, from Zlatan's private island. We were we were denied visa entry uh, on that one, so uh, we'll, we'll keep <laughs> we'll keep trying. It goes back to some of the stories. If if you remember uh, David Beckham's first year when he was trying to ingratiate himself to his teammates where he would take them out to dinner to places like Ruth's Chris or Morton's and very expensive places. And then David would uh, split the bill. David wouldn't pick up the bill. And it, it, some players were actually going into debt. I mean, they were draining their bank accounts to pay for the dinners they had with David for this team bonding thing. And so, someone, I think it was Landon, finally had to call him aside and say, look, David, these guys can't go to Taco Bell. They certainly can't go to right. Morton's. And, and it was the team bonding thing that you know, went south real quick. Yeah, yeah, you can certainly see that. So anyway, uh, you're going to see a lot out there of people uh, certainly criticizing Joel Pedro as a uh, quote-unquote crap player uh, who doesn't get to criticize Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but I don't think there was criticism in this. He was telling it how it was, uh, and just because a player is not necessarily good doesn't mean that they're not being truthful in all of this so far. At least seems like it, it has played out, and it wouldn't be out of character for Zlatan Ibrahimovic to say. So what is out of character for Zlatan Ibrahimovic to say? Good game? Is that Would that be out of character for Zlatan to say? Well, him and I'll, and I'll go back to the point we made earlier. Can you imagine Slatan in an empty stadium? I don't know that anybody feeds off the fans as much as Slatan. I don't know. I don't think he would be an average player. I think he'd be very good, but I don't think he'd be Slatan in front of in front of an empty stadium. You you don't think his own ego would sustain him for ninety minutes in that? Don't you? I always thought he played for his own ego more than anything else. And the fans were there, but they're just they they were just happened to be there. Yeah, I think he fed off that. I think he's one of those players who, when he heard the boos, that fired him up as much as the cheers. Yeah, it absolutely did. All right. Well, we wanted to uh, keep this one short and sweet for everybody. I know the uh, the Baxter has a uh, has a, a a pressing engagement, so we wanted to make sure that he could get out of here and get all that stuff done. Plus, you know what? Guess what? There's no games being played. It's not like we have a ton of material here. Yeah. So uh, I think we got everything squeezed out of there. Kevin, is there anything else you want to touch on before uh, no. before you go? Where am I going? I'm going to a crowded bar and then a restaurant and a movie. Uh, tonight, right? Yeah. That's all. Yeah, you're, 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 you're not in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, not in Georgia. Yeah. yeah, bowling. It's bowling. The bowling leagues are coming back in Georgia. The NFL is not coming to Georgia, but bowling leagues are coming back. Hey, I, I heard it was Mrs. Panda's uh, birthday, so please send all of Corner Galaxy love and everybody out there a, a happy birthday from us uh, out to her. All right. I will. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. And if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. And of course, head on over to the LATimes.com for all of Kevin's wonderful writing. He had a great article on uh, Solvang 
in there that you're going to want to check out uh, at the LATimes.com. Uh, so please do that. And if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Cornerofthegalaxy.com. We simulated three games on FIFA. We did it because we need soccer. Uh, go check those out. You can see it on our YouTube page or on cornerofthegalaxy.com. So make sure you catch that. All right. For Mr. Kevin, uh, the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato. Guess what? You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.